You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to the Gates of the International <coughs> Podcast. It's it's twelve thirty-seven here in Greece. Olympiakos have crashed out of the Champions League after a two-two draw going into extra time. We are out on penalties. God damn my English background. We're here with you guys. Uh, we did send out a tweet initially saying that we wouldn't come out uh, so that we would take some time to digest and chill out and come back with fresh eyes or with a calmer mind to discuss what's just happened. But um, due to popular demand, we are here. Uh, I am in Khanya. I've just come back from, from the port. I am back at my in-laws. Lambro is in Seattle. He is bedridden, but he's actually been able to get out of bed to join. And our friend Costas Lianos is also with us. The comment box is on fire right now. I haven't even looked at it. Um, Costa is an old friend of ours. He's been with us from, I mean, he's been a good friend of the podcast for a very long time. He writes for The Sun in the UK. Costa, thanks very much for joining us, um, guys. <laughs> How do you even start an episode like yeah. this? I'm sorry. Uh, it's I, a... I, I think I think I did pretty okay. I think, I think, I did pretty yeah. okay. I think you did fine. Costa, as the guest, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you uh, for the invite. Um, I believe we, we, we talked about this before going on air that we kind of expected that. The signs were there. The uh, the timing of these matches that they're taking place. I feel like this is the sort of summer that if we had a healthy Greek FA would be able to ponder and discuss because this has been disastrous for every Greek team involved. And if we keep going like this, then it might not too be too far away to see the Greek champions playing qualifiers for the conference and uh i do believe i do believe what happened tonight makes sense and i'm gonna say something that's probably gonna annoy a lot of people tonight but we still saw some good signs so how do you guys what do you guys want to how do you guys want to do this did oh we just no analyze the whole thing? We did see some good signs, and I'll tell you which ones. Okay, just start um, off with the positive, and then I'll go all negative. How about that? <laughs> oh, is that how we're going to do this? We could have <laughs> no, ended it on a good note. No, but do you know what? I mean, I'm I'm interested, and I'm very curious to hear what you what you take as positive out of this, uh, Costa. But like I said, I said on the preview that this would be a very, very, very difficult game. Uh, I had a feeling that you know, especially if we went behind uh, in the game. It, it would be difficult to come back. We went ahead. We came out in the second half 
mistake from Semedo, own goal, then a penalty given away by Andrutos. We were worried about him playing in a back four. Uh, the big question marks for me over, you know, why are we playing with Andrutos at right back? He's, I think he can do the job when you're playing against Greek opposition in the league where we're attacking. Ludogorets are a good team and we do have to say congratulations to them. Uh, I think in the end they deserve to go through. Um, careless, we were just careless and sloppy. It's the same kind of mistakes that punish us in the Champions League, the same kind of mistakes that we make year after year. Uh, Usain Ubar getting a silly, two silly yellows. He, he didn't learn from his mistake against Arsenal. He's getting sent off again. He's left, he's left us with 10 men for 45 minutes, 50 minutes. I can't remember how long. It's just... And, and there are excuses. There are excuses that the team had a COVID outbreak. Players have been injured. It's just... It, it all added up. The team wasn't fit. You just saw the team didn't have the legs. We didn't have the legs. Even Madi Kamara, he was dead. He was dead after 90 minutes. So... I mean that's that's pretty much my my summary of the game. I thought until we were until we went down to ten men, I think we held it together. I think we I think we were the better side in the first half. Actually, uh, the goal it was a lovely goal that put us ahead. But then just the sloppy mistakes, sloppy mistakes, equalised going down, and then after ten men, it was it was very very difficult. Uh, so that's pretty much my my summary of the game. We've got plenty more time to to get into things. I, I guess I'll just start. Hopefully my voice doesn't go midway through as well. I'm sorry about that, everyone. Um, uh, I would definitely be more fiery if I was healthy, but I I will <coughs> I will take a quick glory lap because I've said this since. When have I started talking about this, Costa? It's been a while, and none of you have been happy about me complaining because I I don't want to say it again. I'm going to say it again. I was pissed off after we won the championship. I thought the football dropped off, and we lost the cup to Pauk, and it just seems like the team hasn't been the same since we won the championship. Um, the football has been really bad, and it has continued. Um, Pedro Martins today was really poor. I want to say that. And certain players as well were really poor. Um, Thanas Sandrutos was quite was quite bad today, in my opinion. I, I found myself yelling a bit for Kenny Lala to come on earlier. Um, I, I don't know, guys. I'm 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 a bit baffled here, um, like because these players have a lot of talent, but it just seems the mentality isn't there. I think you, one of you guys just mentioned it, but. I was texting my friend, shout out Emmy. He just started watching Olympiacos. He's becoming a Peter 2.0 and he just, he's been watching ever since we became friends. And he just goes to me and I, I can read you what he said because I thought like it was really great. He said, and and I think he'll be happy with me saying, he just like, he said there was no mentality, no want to win, you know? There was just, it seemed like everyone was burned out, old and just, was there for you know the ride and i just felt like there was there was no one sliding in and taking the game and when we signed socrates back last january i thought he would be that but like there was no leader on that pitch tonight guys i don't know if 
if you noticed that, like when the penalties, I don't know if you remember when the penalties came and the two sides go, were going, the Bulgarians were really tight. They got together and they were yelling, we're going to do this. And Olympiakos looked like they had already lost the penalty shootout, guys. Like there's no leader in this team right now. It's just, I, I, I don't know who it is, Matthew Valbuena maybe, but like in that moment where someone needed to jump in there and say like, okay, shit has gone bad, but we need to pick ourselves up. Like, it just seemed like there was no one there, no one diving into tackles. And it was just, I don't know. A lot of people are calling for players to go, players to come. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. I think, personally, I think right now the talent is there for this team to get past the Ludogrets to go. But it just, it, it, it's it, it's gone to shit. I don't know what to say. Um I don't. I just don't think the mentality is there. I think this team has been complacent for too long, and there's no hunger for anything anymore. The ideas also have gone stale with Pedro Martins, I think, and it's a worry. I don't, I don't think Pedro Martins should go. People are saying he should go. That that seems a bit soon for me, but like he, it does seems like he's run out of ideas, to be honest, guys. But yeah. Well. Uh... I refuse to make predictions for the rest of the season based on what happened in a summer game, whether that was a qualifier, a friendly, or whatnot. Uh, Olympiacos are no strangers to horrible eliminations from Europe in the summer and then going on and doing great things. Remember Ernesto Valverde's first official game in 2008 was a destruction to Anorthosi 3-0, and that was a much worse team than what we saw tonight. I said I saw a couple of positive things, and there are only a couple, but back then, I didn't see Jack. It was a big, fat zero. It was that night where Mitroglou insisted on taking a penalty, even though the bench told him not to. Um, other than that, I got to say, I'm quite... <laughs> It's the, the transfer business has been a little funny with Olympiacos because what did Olympiacos do this summer? They signed a midfielder, they signed a striker, and they signed a goalkeeper. Which, based on what we've seen the last four games, these are three positions that Olympiacos weren't desperate for. They signed Tikinio, who's injured, but Hassan and El Arabi are there. They signed Kunde, but Bukhalakis, Kamara, and then Villa were there at times. They, but they were still available. They signed Vatslik, but Zolakis has been playing as the starting goalkeeper. What Olympiacos really needed and still need, and they have no way of covering for it, are fullbacks. There's just Desperately. nothing, nothing Desperately. from the fullback department. And Martins insists on playing 3-4-3. What is perhaps the one thing you need to make your 3-4-3 successful? Incredible fullbacks. And Olympiacos don't have that. I'm sorry to say this, and maybe you'll disagree with this, but I'm still going to say this. But probably the best fullback Olympiacos have right now is Andruzos. And he's not good yet. He's not good enough yet. But he's the best Olympiacos have so far. There's nothing from the fullbacks. And that was the priority, I think, for Olympiacos. Because as I said, striker, we covered for it. Midfielder, we covered for it. Goalkeeper, we covered for it. If the fullbacks had been had been already signed, they would have had more momentum on the wings. They would have probably been able to play the 3-4-3. So as I said on my tweet, sign fullbacks and by God, get your mentality right. Yes, you're in the Europa League, but you know what? We're going to go far 
That's what you're going to tell yourself. We're going to go far. We're going to own this thing. And if they screw up with Slovan, which I want to guess they're not going to screw up, my God, you're going to win the conference. You are going to win the goddamn conference. Or you're going to at least come extremely close. Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? That's, yeah. a really in- that's a really interesting take. Uh, and uh, well, there's a lot of people on the chat <laughs> disagreeing on your point about Andrutos. But I, I, I mean, I think what 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 you're trying to say is that just the wing backs are poor. The wing backs are poor to the extent that our best wing back is a player that isn't a wing back. And I don't think he's the best yeah. wing back we have. But like, I don't know if we have any good wing backs really. Who's like, your favorite? I, I don't have one. I don't have a favorite. The I don't. I don't like any. How long of them. are we going to wait for Kenny Lala to be? Everyone's like, give Kenny Lala time. I'm going to be dead by the time Kenny Lala has time to get into the team. God damn it! Like, I am so done with waiting for Kenny Lala, guys. So I don't I, know. I want to. I want to address is, this point. Okay, go so ahead. But Costa says Riabchuk had a good game today. His pace was good. Never stopped running. Look, defensively, uh, in transition. Oleg's, I think Oleg's a decent player, but by God, what Kostas was saying earlier, if you play a 3-4-3 formation, you need your wing-backs to be able to deliver. He had zero for seven crosses in the last game, in the first leg. And today it was nothing. Again, he didn't hit any any Olympiacos players with any crosses. And any time he gets the ball on the left-hand side and he's got space in front of him, despite his pace, you see that he's afraid to look forward and try and take the man on and cross the ball in. And it's a nightmare when you compare to Timikas. It's an absolute nightmare. And that's the problem. We're always going to have that to compare. Timikas and Oleg, it's a big problem. Now, this is, this is my biggest worry after the game today, is that what's going to happen to the wage budget? Because I'm worried that tomorrow an offer comes in for Madi Kamara under 20 million, 12, 13, whatever, he's gone. And that's what Marcos really missed out on today. They missed out on a very hefty, hefty, hefty kitty, a lot of money. Um, As you said, this is going to be extremely uh, crucial right now. Players that could leave Kamara, Semedo, Ba, Sisse. Those are the kind of players you could see getting some good offers or at least decent offers coming through. But let's not forget that the uh, transfer window has been severely hit by the coronavirus pandemic. It's, it's seriously no laughing matter. And we're seeing this a lot in the Premier League right now where you see, you see clubs that cannot, uh, they cannot sign their, their targets. They cannot even come close. In Spain, let's not even talk about what's going on over there. Uh, but if Olympiacos managed to hold on to at least most of those players that could leave, then this could turn around. I mean, I mentioned two good things that came out of this. First off was obvious, Zolakis. Zolakis is what? He's not even 19 years old. And uh, he has been more than just decent for Olympiacos. He has shown very good signs. He did some really good saves during uh, all four of the matches, some crucial saves. He reminds me a bit of Dimitris Eleftheropoulos in the way that he started. Hopefully, he's going to follow a lot of his progress. Hopefully, 
not the same injuries, hopefully not the same ending as Dimitris Eleftheropoulos. And one thing he shares with Adonis Nikopolidis, and it's only one so far, only one, is that he is confident between the between the posts to the point that he doesn't shout at his defenders. No matter what, he's not going to shout at them. He's not going to yell at them. He keeps it together, and that's very important because that helps the defenders keep their cool under pressure, especially when they got a kid between this post. If they see that he's calm, then they know that they don't have to work extra to keep him uh, to keep him uh, chilled between the posts. And the other thing I got to say that I really like that that I well I didn't really like, but I think it shows some signs. That I think it shows some good signs is the fact that Olympiacos held it together while they were down by 10 men. Even though they're ill-prepared, they were playing against a team that was much more prepared, playing a lot more official games, and they didn't concede, they didn't crumble. Remember, if the away, goal, if the away goals were still here, Olympiacos would be through. I don't understand why the away goals are gone, but Olympiacos held it together, even though they were down by 10 men, against a much more prepared team in their own home ground, which was loud as hell, they kept it together. Those are my two positive takeaways from this. And that's why I don't dare make any predictions for the season. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I, 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 I think um, there's going to be a lot of outs, and I think we're not going to get great money for them now as well. Why would Mari Camaras stay here? It's a major step back to play Europa League football at his level if you're not playing for a, a team in a top-five league. If I was him and his agent, Minoraiola, I would be asking for the exit door after tonight. So I think by the end of the window, Mari Camara is probably gone. Um, and, you, you know, it's disappointing. I think um, a player like Ba got sent off in such a big game against Arsenal and he didn't learn about it. He just didn't. He didn't learn about it, and he he did it again, and that is very disappointing. And there, there's just a massive amount of complacency within this team as well. Ruben Semedo, Ba, Cisse, it just seems like these players just haven't improved. You know, they've been at the same level and they've been going down almost. And I don't know what the reason is for that. But again, the biggest problem is Costa. I, I'm surprised you haven't see, said this. You kind of brought a con comment up that said it. How many times has Costas Fortunis bailed out Olympiacos in Greece, in Europe? Without Costas Fortunis, well, what are you going to do? I, I just... This, this, I, is I, one I, of the, this is one of the big points, and a lot of people have brought it up in the comments. I'm sorry, guys. Like the comments are coming in so fast that I just we just can't keep up. Yeah. There's, there, 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 there's a lot of comments about the midfield, the lack of creativity, and it, it, it's true. For me, it's been one of... It's been one of the major issues, I think, this preseason that we've seen. When we lost Costas Fortunis, we don't have another creative option to come off the bench. I mean, Valbuena came came off the bench today. You can't, we've said it so many times, you can't expect from a 36 going 37 year old player, no matter how good he is, to just turn it on and off like that and change the game back to back he's literally played back to back in every single game this season um we don't have a creative option in the midfield our wingers 
are young, inexperienced in some cases, not good enough. Our best winger is Yorgos Masuras. Our wingers suck, man. Just leave it. Just say it. Like our wingers are tragic. Masuras is has been has been good. I, I, I agree completely on that. But our wingers suck, man. How long are we gonna wait for Versailles? How long are we gonna wait for Rangelovic before this team grows a pair and tells them to fuck off on loan and figure it out in another country because they're wasting our time? That is my problem. How many times have we said it? Oh, Versailles looked decent for 15, 20 minutes. Oh, Lazar scored a goal. Nah, like this is just a waste of time. They can fuck off for all I care. They just haven't done anything in a year. I, I'm, I don't know what else to say. We shouldn't be relying on Fortunis and Valbuena if you have competent wing play. These guys have shown that they can't do it. Versailles, a little bit unfortunate, but he can go on loan. He hasn't done it, guys. He hasn't done it. And I know we want him to... It's a little unfair to him right now. I'm sorry, but we've been too kind, I think, with some of these players. Now the roster is bloated. Some of these players need to go and get alone and figure out what the hell is going on. I'm just, I'm getting really tired of it, you know, waiting for them to do something. Did, did anybody watch the Martins press conference? I'm, I haven't heard or seen anything. I'm very curious to hear if anybody watched the press conference. Did anybody listen I, to player I, comments I, after the game? I haven't had a chance. But honestly, guys, like again, on this point, we just do not have a game changer. We do not have a player in the midfield that can get the ball in the in the middle of the park and run at people and create problems like Fortunis did. Um and I, I really, really worry. I really, really worry about this point that going out of the Champions League is going to have a massive impact on our wage bill. It means that we're not... Uh, look, at, I, I said it. I think I said it on the last podcast, or on one of the last podcasts. This team has one of the highest wage budgets in Olympiacos history. How many players do we have on above 1 million euro a year contract? El Arabi, M. Villa, Camara. Uh, Tiquinho, Fortunis, uh, on Yukuru, Batchlik, well, huh? uh, Semedo. Every, everywhere you look across across the team, you've got players on high wages. I've never seen this before. And there was talk before the game that if if we qualify, if we qualify for the playoffs, we would sign a good left back, and we would sign a good winger that can play at the ten as well. So what does that mean now? Does that mean that now that we're out of the Champions League, we're not going to sign players and we're going to sell everybody? I, I'm exaggerating, but that's my biggest worry. That's my biggest worry about uh, about today's about today's defeat and what happens tomorrow. Um, I don't know. Tomorrow we're probably going to see headlines that oh now we're going to go and win the Europa League and uh, you know the. I think it's going to be the exact opposite. If I if I may, it's going to be the exact opposite for the first two days. Uh, then it's going to start and become a little more positive. But I think it's very important that we tell the viewers that it is very early into the season. And if there's a lesson for Greek football here, is that we need, as a unit, I'm not talking Olympia, because we need as a unit to find a way to combat this problem. We need maybe, Does that mean we have to start playing in July? Probably not because of the weather. But Vasily Sabrakos made a nice suggestion. Something that could perhaps help is if there was a tournament 
between the teams that have qualified for Europe where they win something. Maybe you can call it the League Cup. Greece used to have a League Cup. So take the teams that have, have qualified for Europe, have them play two semifinals against each other, and then a final or a third-place playoff. And this way you got three big matches under your, uh, your belt, plus the friendlies. Greek football needs to find a solution about this because it's not funny. As I said, if we keep this up, we're going to be sending our champion to the conference player, to the conference first qualifier. Something needs to happen here, but it's really early still. I refuse to make predictions. We still to see Vatslik, we still to see Onyekuru, we still to see Tikinio, we still to see Kunde at his best. Uh, it's it's a really difficult night for Olympiakos. We're not Olympiakos is definitely the difficult European nights. I mean, we're, I think we're all old enough to remember some other. Uh, so, yeah, difficult night, but let's not fall into very quick conclusions for the rest of the season. For sure. For sure. But the the the, the one point is just, um, ah, dude, like, I'm seeing comments about Pedro Martins out. I think that's the wrong decision. At that's this point. ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. If Pedro Martins yeah. leaves, who's going to come? Yeah. Yeah, it's Takis Lemonis. Yeah, no, it's not going to be Takis Lemonis. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Valverde. Anyway, <laughs> there's no way Martins leaves tonight, guys. Um, and can can I just say? Can I can I just say? Yeah, go. It was a fault of Martins. He should use Vachlik instead of Zulagis at penalties. One of the comments that's coming, guys. Zulagis went the right way on the first two they were penalties. perfect penalties and they were both side netting i'm sorry but with all due respect anybody that's talking shit about zolakis tonight go and get yourself a drink mate and then come back but because yeah. i've got i've got my tikulia here i'm, go I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pour a shot of tikulia for you just take a chill pill zolakis is 18 years old yeah. he's been incredible throughout this campaign he saved three goals in the last game he saved us a couple of times today as well by the way Jolakis is a big chapter for this club I don't know what the hell's going on with Vachlik we've talked about this before and I'm not going to go into it I don't know if he's got croc knees his waist has problems I don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on with Vachlik who knows who knows and I'm going to change the conversation. I don't want to talk about it. But we don't please. need to talk about Patrick. He's going to turn into a club legend. That's don't worry about that, everyone. Don't. But let's even ask let's not a underestimate. Let's not underestimate the fact that a team that was ill prepared played against a much more prepared team with ten players for almost forty minutes and didn't concede a goal. Any other team, many sorry, many other teams would have conceded at least one goal. And they were on the defensive. That's that's not something to just completely brush away. I know this is a really difficult night. It hasn't been easy for anyone. But everything needs to be uh, taken into account with some patience. Yeah. I I agree. I... It, it, oh, God. It's just... Um, it's... I don't know. It, it's a tough night to analyze because it's so disappointing. We're all upset. But what are the answers? We just lost out on a ton of money. We need two two new fullbacks, maybe more. Uh, some of our best players may get sold, and it's like, what 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 do we say? And we're judging after like four games. It's super super 
just I don't know. It's so difficult with these qualifier games. I don't know. I I don't know. It, it, and I think the people who are yelling for Pedro Martins to go out, like I think that's a bit harsh. But I have lost confidence in him at this point. I after the cup final, after the tactics that we've gone through this far, I've just I don't know. I I've definitely. I, I think he's lost something. Like he's just so stubborn with this three-four-three and with the system he wants to play. One of the best parts of Pedro Martins, and he said it in interviews, is I don't have a favorite formation. I like to play whatever works. Well, like, man, the three-four-three is not working so far. Why? I, I when he, what was it? He changed to the three-four-three. When did he do that? I am. Um, he took Bukalakisov, I think. And it was just like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I he, just... was, he, he was dead, though. He was, dead. was dead, but has, like Kunde is right there on the bench, huh? He, I mean, look, play devil's mm-hmm. advocate a little bit here, but if um, going, it was 1 1 when he made the change. Yeah. So Bukhalagis is off. Uh, he's coming back from a three, four week absence. You know, he's not going to make the game. Is that... Yeah. Martins is also known to change formations at least maybe three or four times during a game. So you think, okay, what's he doing now? He's putting three at the back. He's trying to shore up the defence a little bit, uh, wait for a good counter-attack, try and get a goal, and then the penalty happens. And then that that tactical and strategic approach is completely out the window. So within five minutes of the change of formation and the substitution, it's done. Um... I think there's a lot we can say about Martins tonight. I was disappointed not to see Onyukuru come on. I wasn't expecting him to come on during the game in the ninety in the ninety minutes. But by God, did we need a player like him to come on in extra time? Because there was absolutely nothing going forward. And I agree with Costa when he says that we def- yeah we didn't concede a goal and we were playing for more than 30, 40, 50 minutes with ten men. But it's like when Greece played Czech Republic. We weren't playing with 10 men in extra time. But we knew if that game goes to penalties, we're going to lose. So you've got to do something. But we had nothing. We had nothing going forward. You And why can't you just... Stidrela, like you say in Greek, put this player on who you've paid 5 million for, put him on and let him run in space and run at people with his pace it's an unknown factor for the other coach. They haven't prepared for him. They don't know what to expect. I mean, I don't understand. You put Hassan on just to take a penalty like that, man. I don't know if well, Hassan has a path back at this this team. Like, I, the fans, I know he's given us some amazing goals, but it's he's really on a short leash, Hassan, if I can say that. I, I don't know. What's really important, though, is that El Arabi got his first goal of the season, and El Arabi is a momentum player, and he's a player that needs to score, and he needs to score fast to get you on that goal-scoring path. Extremely important that he got a goal. If I, if I may, like, it's important now that Olympiacos regroup as quickly as possible, and they don't just eliminate Slovan Bratislava, but they do it decisively. If they do this decisively, just like they did in the last two two years with all their opponents in the qualifiers, that is going to restore confidence, morale, maybe a couple of really good fullbacks because, you know, the Europa League is still money. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not the Champions League, but it's still quite important. And there are players that will say yes to the Europa League, no matter, even though it's not 
like the Champions League. So just, you know, it happened. Take, take responsibility. Martins is taking responsibility. We learned an important lesson. We must react. That was the headline of his uh, post-match interview. Destroy Slovan. Go over there and, and spank them. That's your job now. And get yep. two fullbacks. Yep. Get two good fullbacks. Yeah. Where are we going to get the money from? Yeah, where are we going to find that, I mean, when it comes to the budget of Olympiacos, I cannot answer. I cannot yeah. say much yeah. about the budget of Olympiacos, but there's still some good scouts in there. There's still Francois Modesto who's playing with uh, both Nottingham Forest and Olympiacos on that on that part. He's done really well in turn, especially from the African uh, continent. But, you know, as I said, we cannot predict the uh, the season based on what happened tonight. Yeah. Again, Again. I, I, I worry that that Maddie's gone. Probably. Maddie's gone in the next couple of days. And then. That's uh, why you got Kunde, though. Yeah, but. It's not. It's quite true. It's quite no, but, but like he's. The thing is, I can see that he could he could come good. But I'm just I'm I just don't see the creativity. I see the energy, I see the pace, I see the strength. He's got some he's got some vision, but it's not it's not you know, Maddie is the most creative midfielder we have right now. At, at, at that position, he can spray the balls out wide, he can take a shot from distance, he can, you know, penetrate. I just it, was the Kunde signing a Madi Kamara replacement signing early on? I don't know. I just uh, I can't see us going far without this winger that can play the ten position. Which they were saying that we're going to bring that player in if we qualify for the playoffs, if we go to the group stages. We absolutely we we said we need wing backs on both sides. But we need that creative midfielder as well. With without Fortunis, how long is Valbuena gonna last before he gets injured? How long? Not long. How long is it gonna take? Not long. And then okay, you've got Agibu Kamara, who didn't play today. Looks a, a decent pickup, a really, really good prospect. But he's very raw. He's very raw. Um I, I, I'm sorry, I keep going back to the same thing. So the uh, next day just, and who, who the signings are going to be and where I'll, we're going I'll, to find the money. I'm going to reassure everyone. His name has been in the papers linked, unfortunately, to Panathinaikos, Marco Marin, a return to <laughs> Don't worry, everyone, we're safe. No, I'm, I'm not going to torture you all. Um, yeah, we, we need a creative player desperately because I... Henry Onyakuru, who knows what he's going to be. We just spent 5 million euros on Henry Onyakuru. Oh, my God. Anyway, and Costas Fortunis, man, like just God repair his his knee and he comes back. I don't know because I don't know where goals come from because the wingers are tragic. The midfielders are more defensive and the wingbacks are incompetent. So I just like anyway, the more we talk about it, the, the, the happier I get anyway. Yeah. So disappointing. I don't know what, what else to say. And again, this is, I don't know. This is a this is a this is a fair question. Now, I'm a big Vrusai fan, 
I like him because he can run at people. He's got good dribbling ability, pace, strength. But he's the type of player that he plays one game and then he sits out four and then plays again. He just doesn't get into rhythm. And Agibu Kamara's coming off a you know a decisive goal in the first leg, and he doesn't even get a substitution cameo. I don't know. I, 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 you know, last season I said whenever we did player ratings and coach ratings, I would I said whenever we talk about Martins, I would never give him a coach grade because it was always an eight. <laughs> but the last couple of games is, I, I've I've had some question marks over his decisions. Definitely, uh, it, it, uh, Pedro Martins definitely has a responsibility in this, and as I said, uh, playing three four three without two quality wing backs is just it's not going to work at all. That that mania he has with a 3-4-3, it's just not going to work out. You need the fullbacks. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and to be honest, it's it's early for Onyekuru, though. It is early for Onyekuru. I understand what you're saying, Costa. You know, play, you know, just going for everything. But the thing is that with the 2-2 score, Olympiacos were still in this. Uh, so I guess that's why he didn't want to take the risk because, I mean, we're not in practice. We're not in training to see what's going on. If we were there and we saw Henry Onyekuru, maybe we would know why he didn't play at all in this match. And maybe his presence on the bench was just psychological, just a mental, was just a mind game, just like it was with Seitaridis and Manchester United back in 2001 with Panathinaikos, where Sir Alex Ferguson was asking, who the hell is Jurkas? But we don't know how Onyekuru is adapting to the team. It's very early days for him. And... If he had gone in and he had a mayor of a game, that probably that would have been even worse for him, even though I could have easily explained it, why he was so I, I, bad on the pitch. I still think, Costa, that, like I said, I think for him to come on during the 90, it would never happen. But he had nothing to lose. To put him on in extra time when we were just sitting back and we had no, no option to attack. Literally, there was... Nothing. There was nothing in extra time. It was just sit back, hope. That was the strategy. There was no option to get the ball forward to look dangerous. And when you do that, the result's inevitable. You're either going to eat it and, and lose in extra time or go to penalties and lose. Because just can you imagine how heavy the legs of the players, our players were going up to hit the penalties. They've just been chasing the ball for an extra 30 minutes. And every time we get possession, we lose it within one or two passes. It was, we were just delaying the inevitable. We were expecting tonight Costas, uh, Costas Dizdo likes to become a hero. But uh, that, was yeah, a far, that was a far cry there. You can't expect an 18 year old to. Uh, no. Give you get you a get out of jail free card at this uh, at this time. It was, it was a game Martins got it wrong. He got it. Martins got this one wrong. But as I said, long season ahead. Long season ahead. I, the, I do I, I do agree with like your 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 sense of optimism, it, and it's difficult to. It's be not optimism. It's logic. It's, it's no, not no, no, but you know, it's it's difficult to to have that perspective tonight when when the expectation is that at least you get to the playoffs and you give it a good go and again i say we've had problems and 
Ed Martins has, has said that he's had the most difficult 72 hours of his coaching career to deal with in the, the, the previous ties with, with, with COVID, the injuries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you, you just hope that with Tiquinho coming back in September and hopefully a couple of signings that we can make something of this season. It's just very difficult to do that tonight. And I understand all the frustration and Fedanos is saying my whole year is ruined. Well, chill out, I mean, chill, chill out uh, Fedanos. Yeah, I'm sorry, but 2021 and 2020 haven't exactly been stellar for anyone. Yeah. Uh, but unless he means his season is ruined, then it's different. Uh, but uh, when it comes to Olympiacos, you made a good point. How, who are Olympiacos going to sign? Well, very good point. But how many players has Olympiacos signed throughout the years for absolutely nothing and sold them for all of King Midas's gold? For Greek standards, obviously. I mean it. Papa Pusise, Useinuba, Mati Kamara, Daniel Podense. Uh, Kosas Tsimikas wasn't signed, but he came out of uh, Olympiacos' academies. But Olympiacos are no strangers to buying cheap and selling expensively and for a good reason. So I understand, I understand the uh, the worry there. I completely understand it. But as I said, the Europa League is, the Europa League as well is not something completely. Not, it's not exactly nothing. I also I, I want to bring up this point because I've been seeing it come up over and over. I think it's the same person. Jose saw has been carrying the team on his back for two and a half years. The worst is yet to come. Well, statistically, that is true. Jose saw was an incredible keeper. Statistically, there's a video by Themis Gesseris on Sport24 where you can watch. And yes, um, Thomas Vachlik, star of the Euros. When will he play? I don't know. But one thing I want to point out, maybe Jose saw being the Portuguese leader, being friends with with Semedo, I don't know, was helpful in that department in communicating and organizing the back line as well. I can't tell you. Jose Saw was also here when that defense got turned around multiple times in the cup final. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know what, what the situation will be at goalkeeper. I just don't think tonight was down on the goalkeeper at all. I think... <clears throat> there's much bigger problems to play at this this football club. I know Jose Sa was an amazing goalkeeper. I loved him. I never turned my back on Sa. And he, I brought this up all the time on the podcast. But at the moment, I don't think the the finger should be pointed at the goalkeeper position. I think this team has some desperate areas. And I don't know where the hell they're going to find the money to, 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 to fill those positions. To be honest with you, I'm really pissed off at Pedro Martins tonight for his treatment of Leonardo Cutris as well. I'm going to go back to that, who was a fantastic left-sided fullback and got mistreated completely by Olympiacos. And he's never going to come back because he was treated like a criminal by this club and by Pedro Martins, ostracized and kicked out of the team. I don't know what the hell happens in the dressing room, but um, that's a Martins decision. Yanni Masuras, I know he played in Poland, but supposedly he played decent. He couldn't even get a look at preseason. I, I find that hard to believe as well, everyone. I'm, there's been management decisions that I haven't agreed with at Olympiacos, and I just don't, yeah, I, I just, I don't think that there was reason to bring them up because things have worked out so far, but 
Leonardo Kudris, I was a big fan of, and I was really disappointed when he was sent away. Um, same with Masuras, the other little Masuras, I should say. Yeah, but uh, to be fair with Kutris, if I may, uh, yeah, ahead, he, yeah. He, he was really good uh, for Olympiacos. He was one of the best players Olympiacos had in that horrendous season where they finished third. And thank God there were no playoffs or else they would have finished sixth or fifth or whatever it is they have right now. Uh, but he did have two very serious injuries. And that was basically the mentality of uh, the idea of sending him out on loan so that he could find his old self regain full fitness and come back because Olbiakos couldn't cater to him at this time when he was severely injured. So yeah, it's the injuries that basically played the big role for him to be loaned out. And he wanted to, he was very on board with that. I just want to take a small opportunity to do some shameless promotion because there's nothing like misery to bring people together. And we have a lot, a lot of people listening live. A lot of new listeners and i do want to say guys it's a difficult night for the club tonight we are here to to talk to to listen to get you engaged in the conversation please do subscribe to our channel for more content um thank you for joining us today i'm going to keep it going uh, i just wanted to say that thank you let's keep going also i um I, I I I think I think one thing we ha we have to mention is Ludo Goretz as well. Ludo Goretz again. We I, I've seen uh, quite a few Bulgarians are watching along. Um, to be honest, I thought they were poor in the first half. I thought we were going to walk them. To be honest, but Pedro Martins also said this in his post game that we came out very poorly in the second half and they became strong. They showed a lot of heart. Kirill Despadov is a very good player, a fantastic, fantastic footballer. Player. And he he has all the talent that all our wingers wish they had. And to be honest as well, their fullbacks were quite good. It almost reminded me, Andrutos was going up against um, one of those wingbacks, and it was almost reminded me of the cup final with him going against Baba. You know, there was just nothing yeah. going down there. And yeah. he had no move to get past them. I thought their fullbacks were, were, were quite good. Um, the striker, Sotiru, I think is solid. He has good running, but... I didn't think he was a magical player. I, I think that's known, but we have to give credit but, to them, man. Like yeah, they were a well drilled, they're, they're a well drilled, yeah. they're a well drilled team. I think that, that their coach as well. Some there was something about him. Like there was just a feeling in that team. They had confidence, and I think they were they were well prepared and well drilled for the game. They got you know things went in their favor, and I think in the end they're they're deserving to to go through. So I think, you know, credit, credit where credit's due to them. For sure. For sure. But I, I think sure. it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how many penalty shootouts are going to be in uh, the Europa League, the Champions League and the conference without the away goal. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how many. I want to say, can I make a real quick comment about that? I really don't like this with the away goal being out because I almost feel like the the home team in the second leg has it all to play for. Like you go home yeah. to your fans and it's just like, screw yeah. it. We can do it. Any result. And yeah. there's no, like the away team is just like, even if we score a goal, it doesn't do much. I really do not like this. I hope it reverts back yeah. to the old way because when you're on the road, it's like, shit, we're in it tough. But like, if we nick a goal, we're in good. You know what I mean? And tonight yeah. it was just like, it's just, 
things don't go your way in the second leg and you're away and it's just like you have a mountain to climb i, I really don't like it i really don't like it what's the point of the first leg yeah there is no unless you win three nail or you know decisively what's yeah. the point but but do you guys think the game would be different if uh, the away goal goals were were uh, still in effect because because Ludogorets had the advantage then would have I, the advantage. I, I i tweeted about this earlier and i said that after the first game we were feeling good coming out of the game and saying oh there's no away goals it's nil nil going into the second leg yeah. but now you're cursing it so you, you can't, no, you it's, can't it's win. not even the same like i'm i i wasn't i just noticed this like i was also just watching other games and it's just like the if the team second leg at home basically has all the benefits even if they like you, you go on on the road the first leg and you just want to win zero zero boom you're through or you keep it respectable even if you lose like two nil now like you go at home you pack your crowd and you go for it like it just seems fine to me I I don't know I I really didn't have a solid opinion about the away goals rule I don't know how this affects elite competition but like just from our perspective I or just from my perspective watching European football it just like seems a bit like if we had gone through we would have been second leg at home and i was thinking well that's it like second leg at home i don't see us going out in kadiskaki you know what i mean does that make sense like anyway i don't I would, yeah some somebody just commented on that imagine if imagine if we played this game in a full kadiskaki yeah i doubt we go out especially i i don't know this isn't about us really guys like i don't really i'm not gonna blame away goals for the reason we went out like but it's just a general comment from what i've been watching i got a question what do you guys think about the fact that olympiacos are playing all of their qualifiers with the kadiskaki game first that's funny because if we went through to the playoffs, we would have played the second leg at Karaiskaki. But now it's now it's first leg with Bratislava yeah. again. That's so. the first leg, yeah, again. But, I don't really the last, that they wake, they wake up. Sorry. No, normally, the last few years, we've played better away from home. We did. But still, but still, but still but that's without what the away, away goals goal. rules. Yeah, that, without the away goals rules. The Arsenal game would have gone to penalties, for example. Yeah, exactly. I, but the, I mean, the, there's I been there's been some people on the chat. They're saying uh, they're saying that the elimination of the away goal is for for the bigger teams not to lose against the quote unquote smaller sides yeah. like us, yeah. so that Arsenal Olympiacos doesn't happen. But, yeah. I don't. I just hate club football going to penalties it just doesn't feel right either to be honest with you guys like seeing Olympiacos in a friendly just made me feel like just like what the hell this just doesn't feel right this is the first time in European competition Olympiacos has gone to a penalty shot shootout is is what I I read as well but anyway this yeah, is getting away from the point I I, I just I I, I want to say this team has problems it has big holes and you know, like overall, I'm worried. I'm worried about this team. I've been openly, openly saying that for a long time. A lot of you listeners know that. And I fear where this team is going. There's going to be needed to be smart moves. And I imagine the chairman may be stepping in and making a comment to some of the players as well. I don't want to speculate on that, but it has happened in the past when nights have gone yeah. bad. So... 
we're gonna have to wait and see. We're gonna have to wait and see. This Bratislava game is massive now. It is massive. Yeah. If Olympiacos goes out to Bratislava, I think Pedro Martins is done at Olympiacos. I'm gonna be really honest. Like I, I don't you think go so. out. I think so. I, th- I, I think. I think after you spend five million euros for Henry Onyekuru, you're going to play in the Conference League. You're paying Vatchlik 1.5 million euros. I don't think so. So, I think, I think heads will roll. Heads should roll tonight. To be honest with you, the incompetence in the preseason this season by Olympiacos was. I'm shocking. sorry, but can I'm sorry, but can yeah. somebody can somebody walk me through that Hassan penalty? And I have a question. Can somebody tell me which foot of Hassan is better <laughs> or less or less bad or less bad? Because I he's swear, he's, right? I swear he's left-footed and he's going for the run-up for the penalty. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at him. Like, What's he doing? Isn't he left-footed? Why is he taking it with his right foot? What the fuck is going on? Can somebody <sighs> please explain that to me? Yeah, Val, 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 Val Buena's penalty. Fucking hell, mate. <laughs> and it's he was one the of one those Roberto, Yeah, It's one of those Roberto the... Baggio ones that you just don't understand what the hell he was actually thinking. Go, go Labro. It's... Sorry, I interrupted. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Val Buena was the... Actually, you know what? Who I had the most confidence in making a penalty? This is going to sound weird. Kenny Lala. Kenny I actually Lala. had the most confidence in, in taking a penalty. And because he... He took all the set pieces in Strasbourg. He took the penalties. He took the free kicks. He took the corners, I think, as well. So, yeah. I don't. Yeah, Fetano says here. I think this is true as well. Lala has never missed a penalty in his career. He's he's quite good. So, anyway, um, it. But it, it was lost before that. Like there was no, there was no. Um, yeah. Anyway, Hassan is right footed. Yeah, I don't know about that, guys. I just. There was a lack of passion. There was a lack of passion. There was a lack. Can we talk about this real quick? The the lack of passion. Like, there was just, it's just like they were walking through it. They didn't have the legs. They didn't have the legs. No, but I mean, throughout the game. They were dead. They were dead. No, but, 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 okay. Can can we agree on one thing? The game plan, the game plan until, until the second half was going according to plan. The game plan was going according to plan. Until the One second half, yeah. Until the second half. Until what the, the hell happened half, in that locker room, though? What, what happened in that second half? Like, so, I, 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 until I, halftime, you mean? The game plan was going perfect. The game plan was going perfect. But then you saw it's the lack of fitness, the lack of matches, the players coming back from injury, the players coming back from COVID. Bukhalak is uh, going off. He hasn't played for three, four weeks. Uh, Valbuena having played too many games on back to back, it didn't give anything today. Valbuena, he didn't give anything, and that fucking own goal is the own goal. And then the the, the match has just done a done a complete U turn. It's yeah. flipped on its head, uh, and then we're we're back in it with the penalty two two, and then the red card, and then it's over. The players were dead. The, the, it, I, I'm. That's that's the one kind of el uh, afrindigo that I give to to Martins tonight is that he's had a very very difficult situation to deal with in the squad the last couple of weeks, and um, we're we're coming close to an hour podcast, guys. The uh, participation tonight has been. Fantastic uh, retention as well. Thank you so much for 
for, for joining us tonight. Uh, sorry, we can't keep up with the comments. We've addressed a lot of the points that, that have that have come up. But um, I, I, I do want to just bring back what, what Costa said. It, it's a difficult, a very difficult night. It's difficult to digest it, difficult to swallow. But next week, is it next week we play Slovan? So we play Slovan now in the Europa League. We have to yeah, the 19th, destroy it's them. Yeah, the 19th. That uh, we have to playing Slovan. Yeah. Yeah, so it's next, so next we have to. We will accept nothing less than destruction. If yeah. we go out and destroy them, for me, I'm ready to move on. I am. As I well. was. I was already ready for a dis. I mean, preparing myself for disappointment tonight is one thing to prepare for it, and it's one thing to live it. But next week. Over the next two uh, legs in the Europa League playoffs, let's get into the group stages. Two good games. No excuses. There are no excuses anymore. I've been the most liberal one out of you the have four indeed. of us. You have indeed. I have been the most patient. I've been the most patient of all of us. No excuses. Against Slovan Liberec, there are no fucking excuses. We get through to the Europa League. We're a top-seeded team. We're getting drawn out of the first pot. I want qualification to the group stages and a deep run in the Europa League in the knockout phases. Nothing more, nothing less. I agree. I agree. I agree completely. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. This team's going to re rebound. And, Costa, will you be in the stadium, actually? It's next Thursday. Will you be around? No, man. My wife's not going to let me do that. Two kids running Fair around enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, I, I think that's... I'm going to close up on this, everyone. Tonight is really disappointing. There are big question marks with this club. Some of us who've been asking these questions for a few months now are kind of sitting here and saying, well... We've been we've been seeing them, but it, I don't want to gloat or like say blah blah blah. Like I've been negative this whole time, and I'm happy that we're negative. I'm not happy, everyone. I I seem a little monotone because I'm quite sick. I, I'm I'm happy to be on here with everyone, but yeah, I'm under the weather. But Labro might have COVID. Just who knows, saying, guys? That's, that, that, that's <laughs> I, I came on. I'm committed to the cause. I'm committed. This is true. I didn't know if I can admit it, but anyway, so. We push through and we're gonna we're gonna rally for next week, everyone. Like just have some belief. Tonight is difficult. Honestly, I was thinking this. It wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, if, if someone could lift it up to him and he could head it, you know, it'd be a better result than with his feet. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna stay faithful. We're gonna analyze this. Adi is gonna come through with all of the statistics on Twitter, and he's gonna tell you why it was even worse than we're explaining now. And we're going to figure it out. Pedro Martins is going to wake <laughs> up. The whole club is going to wake up. And we're going to go through and we're going to win everything. Anyway, that's it. That's that's what I hope. Costa, any last thoughts? Costa, the guest, I should say, since we have two tonight. Well, guys, uh, morale booster. Slovan, let's see how it goes. All right. Well, with that, we've reached an hour, guys. We could uh, we could keep you company 
all night that is coming close to two o'clock in the morning here in Greece. And I have a paper to write due tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what time it is in Seattle over there. But look, thanks very much for joining us, guys. Um, we'll be back, as Labra mentioned. I think Ari's gonna gonna bring some some stats. Some people are already asking when is the next podcast. Keep it locked on the social media channels. If you haven't yeah. done it already, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook at Gate Seven International, Gate Seven INTL. Subscribe on YouTube. Keep it locked. Wait for the next episode. We will be back very soon. If you've made it this far, thank you very much for joining us. Stay safe and yeah, get some rest. Try not to be too depressed. Labro, I don't know if you have any. <laughs> any yeah, guys. Yeah, don't be too depressed. I'm usually the guy who rants and yells, guys, it's disappointing night, but this could be the start of something good. This could wake everyone up at the club. This could wake people up on the team and this could produce something beautiful it could not it very well could not but i'm gonna take the positive angle for all of you guys because i, I assume a lot of you are quite depressed out there as as we are so we're gonna take the positive angle here and let's hope this is the start of something beautiful a negative into a beautiful let's say that that's a good way to end all right You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiakos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiakos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.